Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Father, thank you for today. God, I thank you for every person that's here. Uh, Father, we have a sure promise from you where two or three are gathered in your name, you're in the midst. And so, Father, by faith today, God, we realize that you're among us. Father, we thank you for the anointing. We thank you for your presence. And, Lord, we just say today, God, that we open up our hearts wide. And, God, we just ask that you would speak to us loud and clear. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So, listen, last week we started a new series uh, simply entitled Spirit, Soul, and Body. And uh, for those of you who weren't here, I'd just simply say this. I would highly encourage you uh, to go listen to the sermon either on the podcast or go listen to it on our YouTube channel. So what I preached last week is actually airing this morning. And uh, I'll just say this. It's nothing flashy, uh, but but, uh, if you grab a hold of it, it'll change your life. Let me just say it that way. And so, uh, you know, once again, this is very line upon line, very precept upon precept. Uh, That's the approach we're taking. We're we're trying our best. I'm trying my best to go slow. Uh, That's a challenge, uh, but but today will simply be a small piece of the puzzle because what we're talking about, th- there's a lot to it. It's all in the Bible, and uh, and so you just kind of have to take it one bite at a time. So just so no one's lost today, I know there's some people that weren't here last week. Uh, I'm going to give you a quick overview, and so hopefully we can all be together on the same page as we move forward in today's message. So the Bible teaches us basically throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament that uh, while God is one, there are still uh, three unique persons that make up the Godhead. We know that uh, biblically that is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, uh, which we as Christians typically refer to as the Trinity. And Trinity simply means this, that God is three in unity or he is three in one. Now, one of the main reasons this biblical truth is important to us is because it tells us a whole lot about our designs as human beings. You see, the Bible tells us in Genesis 1, verse 26, it says that we were actually created in the image and in the likeness of God. One of the things that that verse is telling us is this, is that when God created us, he actually created us to be a three-part being after himself. Uh, and we know this is true because of what Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. He he said this, he said, may the God who gives us peace make you holy in every way and keep your whole being. Can we say whole being? What's our whole being? It simply says it's spirit, soul, and body free from every fault at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So as you can see, this passage affirms that we are indeed a three-part being that we consist of, once again, spirit, soul, and body. And as many theologians have said, just hopefully for clarification's sake, uh, we'll throw up the next slide, that they simply say this, that we are a spirit, that we possess or we have a soul, and we live in a physical body. Now, here are the three parts defined. Once again, this is for those of you that weren't here last week. For you guys that are hearing it again, uh, just pray it gets in your spirit. So anyways, so here's the three parts defined. Let's start with the obvious one. Uh, When you and I go and we look in the mirror, what do we see? We, We see our body, right? 
And uh, so, and basically the reason we see our body is because that's the part of us that has contact with this natural or this tangible world that's around us through our five senses, which are our ability to see, our ability to hear, smell, taste, and touch. Our body is also the uh, physical part of us that houses our soul and spirit. And biblically, our body is often referred to, as you'll see today, more often than not, as the flesh. Can somebody say the flesh? Next, we have our soul. This is the part of us that actually makes us really unique because this is where our personality is found. It is also where, basically, where we can say our soul is the part of us that contains our mind, our intellect, our will, and our emotions. Or we can say it this way. This is the part of us that has the ability to think, the ability to choose right and wrong, and the ability to feel. In other words, if I could say this, if I, if I came to Noah and I put my hand on him, right, and I said, hey, Noah, well, obviously he felt that with his physical body, right? But if I, but if I said uh, basically this, um, if I said, you know, Noah, I want you to know you're one of the most incredible people I've ever met in my life. Or if I said, Noah, I want you to know you're one of the stupidest people I've ever met. <laughs> Now, now, the first one, he felt, I don't, you know what I believe. The first one, obviously, he felt that in his physical body. The second one, he felt that in his soul. Because uh, when people speak to us, they are actually speaking to our soul. If I'm making sense, say, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, listen, if we realize or not, uh, we are constantly in touch or aware of what's happening in our body, right, and in our soul, all right? And then, lastly, we have our spirit, uh, our spirit is the very life source of our being, meaning when the spirit of a man or the hidden man of the heart leaves a person's body, leaves the house, the earth suit, if you will, their body ceases to have life. But the part I want to see, and this is more importantly, is that our spirit is the part of us that was created and designed by God to connect and have communion with him, yes. right? So here's where things get interesting. Once again, this is overview. If you're here last week, hang with me. All right, get hungry. But listen, last Sunday we talked extensively about when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, that their spirit, not their body, not their soul, but their spirit died. Therefore, it became disconnected from the one who was the source of life. And this connection is biblically often referred to as a spiritual death or a spiritual separation throughout the Bible. Now, listen to why this is significant. I want to show you a verse in Romans 5, verse 12. This is actually a different translation than what I gave you last week. It says this. It says, when... Adam and Eve sinned, or sorry, when Adam sinned, I got carried away, the entire world was affected. Get that, the entire world was affected. Sin entered human experience, and spiritual death was the result. And so spiritual death followed this sin, the sin that happened in the garden. Basically, it followed that sin, casting its shadow over all humanity, because all have sinned. The King James Version, or New King James Version, puts it this way. And thus death spread to all men. Now what's the point? This verse tells us that every single person who has been born since the fall of man, including you and including me, has come into this world in spiritual death or spiritually separated from God because we were all in the seed of Adam, right? Look, unbeknownst to us, listen, this separation caused every one of us uh, to find our way through this life and the instabilities and the selfishness of our souls and by the lust and the desires of our flesh. In other words, I'll say it this way. If it looked good, if it uh, sounded good, if it smelled good, if it tasted good, if it felt good, guess what we did? We did it. Right, We went for it, right? And we also lived according to what we thought was best. And we also let our emotions dominate not only ourselves, but dominate our relationships with other people. 
But all that changed, thank God, the moment we got born again. It should have changed the moment we got born again when we put our faith right in Jesus. And here's why. Because in an instant, our spirit man, right, the part that was created uh, by God to connect with him, was supernaturally transformed as God breathed his life-giving spirit back into our being, causing us to become spiritually alive. And I'll say it this way, that that moment we were brought back to the original design that we were created to be in. Right? So grab a hold of this, please, because this is where the church, in my opinion, misses it so much. Once again, when we were made alive, we were not only forgiven of our sins. Thank God for that. We were not only on our way to heaven, but we were made brand new. Right, And because of this newness of life through salvation, all that separated between, all that separates between us and God, it was gone. Thank God for that, right? So, and because our spirit is now alive, what happens is, is, and because we're connected with God, we can hear his voice. Thank God God speaks, right? Thankfully. Listen, we can experience his presence. We can encounter his love and his peace. We can even discern between good and evil. We can walk in the fruit of the spirit. We can uh, even have access be used in the gifts of the spirit. The anointing, the power, and the life of God can flow out of us as well. And here's the reason. I said all that to get to this point is this, is that because we are, are now connected with God, we can now be led by the Holy Spirit because our spirit man has received the likeness of Jesus. Do you understand that our body and our soul have not received the likeness of Jesus, but our spirit has received the likeness of Jesus? This is why the Bible says this, and then we're going to dive in today. Here we go. This is why the Bible says this in 1 John 4, 17. Get this verse. It says, as he is, so are we in this world. Listen, as he is, so are we in this world. It's funny because I know I say that and most of us don't even believe it. As he is, so are we in this world. Why? Because he is in this. And so we should be like him in this world, right? Which brings us to the question we did on last Sunday. Listen, if all of that is true that we just said, that we've really been made alive, we've really been made new, and it is, then the question is, why do we struggle with living like Jesus in this world? Then why do we struggle? And I think this is a great question because I think we can all relate to it because all of us don't always act like Jesus. Right? In other words, we don't always treat our spouse, our kids, and other people we come into contact with like Jesus would. Right? Like we don't always respond to the situations uh, in our lives internally or externally the way Jesus would. If you know that's true, say, oh, yeah. Look, in fact, so often our lives reflect what Paul wrote in Romans 7, 15, and 18 and 19. Y'all listen to this, please. And I would encourage you not to use this verse as an excuse because you need to read it fully in context. Okay? All right, here we go. It says this. It says, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Has anyone else ever been there other than just me? Yeah. Listen, so why is that the case? Here's what we're going to unpack today. I don't care how long you've been in church, please grab a hold of this, okay? To answer that question, let's begin by revisiting the verse we brought up last week, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Can we say all things things. have become new? Oh, let's try it again. All things things. have become new. Should have gave better instructions. Listen, so what was Paul referring to when he said, all things have become new? So 
question, was he referencing our body there? Like, like, no, think about this for a moment. If you were short before you got saved, like me, you were short after you got saved. If you were tall, right, before you got saved, you were probably tall after you got saved, right? If you were skinny before you got saved, you are probably skinny after you got saved. If you were healthy, <laughs> said that in a nice way, before you got saved, you are probably healthy after you got saved, right? And so my point is this, man, listen, when you came to Jesus, your shoe size, your skin tone, your hair color didn't change because your body wasn't made new, yeah. right? Now, was he referencing our soul? No, think about this for a moment. If you were smart before you got saved, you were probably smart after you got saved. If you weren't really that good at math before you got saved, you're probably still not good at math. Right? If you were handy before you got saved, you're probably handy afterwards. And, and maybe most importantly, I'll say this. If you had a bunch of unhealthy thought patterns and a bunch of unhealthy emotions in your soul before you got saved, you probably had them after you got saved. Why? Because your soul wasn't made new. Here's the point. When Paul wrote about us becoming new, he was only referencing our spirits. Please grab a hold of this. Because our souls and our bodies were not instantaneously made new at salvation, this causes us to fluctuate and to bounce back and forth between living in our spirit in one moment, then our soul, and then our flesh the next. Does anybody ever recognize that in yourself? Like, in fact, it shouldn't surprise us when we find ourselves approaching a situation in our life in an unhealthy way, just like we did before we knew Jesus. Let me give you an example. Have you ever treated your spouse healthy, right, loving and godly, right, in a godly way, literally only to respond to them, I don't know, an hour later in a very uh, unhealthy, ungodly, opposite way? I'll just say what I had in my notes. My wife told me to change it. Like, like, like you, you respond in a really healthy way, and then an hour later, you're an absolute jerk. Anybody ever been there? Yeah, come on, somebody. Yeah, me too. Listen, have you ever responded to the stress in your life literally by praying and casting your cares upon the Lord in church on a Sunday, and then a day or two later, you find yourself responding to the same stressful situation by binge-watching TV for hours and hours and eating a half a gallon of ice cream? Listen, of course you have, because we all have. It may not be ice cream, but it's something, right? Uh, listen, we all have a tendency, once again, to fluctuate between our spirit man, our soul, and our flesh. And if we realize it or not, there's two reasons why this continues to happen. There's probably more than two, but two I'm going to give you today. The first one is this. I kind of already alluded to it. Was Number one is we have spent years creating patterns in how we respond to people in situations. Years. Like, I'll say this. Like, like think about this. Patterns. You go home, you act one way. You go to work, you act another way. You come to church, you act another way. Why? Because I've created a pattern at work. I've created a pattern at the wharf, right? I've created a pattern in the office. I've created a pattern at school. And then I've created a pattern when I come home. And then I've created a pattern when I come to church, right? And so what happens is, is whichever place I'm in, whatever comes natural, that's when I'm going to act in that moment, Right? Because I've created a pattern. So watch this. So when something pops up, instead of allowing God's spirit to change us and lead us in a new direction, we just revert back to default settings and choose to respond in the unhealthy pieces of our soul one more time. Yeah. Right? The second reason is this, and this is really where I want to focus today. Number two, it's because the flesh is constantly warring against the spirit. Listen. If our spirit man isn't built up and strong enough to stand up against the flesh in those critical moments, guess what? Our spirit will not win. Yeah. 
we'll react in anger and we'll eat another half a gallon of ice cream while we wallow in our self-pity. Right? There, there's this old analogy, and I'll make it really quick. I don't think it's a real story. I think some preacher made up along the way, and it, and it took traction, and it's kind of ran through, the, ran through the mill. But it's this, that there was a man who had two dogs, right? You've probably heard this before. There was a man who had two dogs, and, and basically he fought the two dogs. And this guy would go from town to town, and he would basically pit the two dogs together and make them fight while people gambled on the dogs, right? And so uh, basically there was a guy that had been with him in several places, and they asked him, how do you always know which dog wins? Like, why do you, how do you always bet on the right dog, right? Because the same dog wouldn't win all the time. And the man responded with this. He said, because I know which dog I've been feeding and the one I haven't. And the point is this, man, is, is we can either feed our spirit man or we can feed our flesh, but there's going to come a time where they fight and they war against one another, and the one we've been feeding is the one that will win out every time. Right. Am I making sense to you? So listen how Paul described this internal war. Galatians 5.17 says this. It says, For your self-life, that's your flesh, craves or desires the things that offend the Holy Spirit. Get that, your flesh wants the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder Him from living free within you. Get that, it offends the Holy Spirit and hinders Him from living free within you and the Holy Spirit's intense cravings, because He has desires for you as well, hinder your old self-life or your flesh from dominating you. Y'all seen the picture here? It says, so then the two incompatible and conflicting forces with you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. In other words, what Paul is saying, I'll give it to you in Alabama terms, is the life of God inside of you and the old you inside of you, man, they don't play well in the sandbox together. Right? They're completely, they completely want opposite things and they are in a tug of war to see which one who will get their way. But I want you to know today, please don't miss this. Did you know that the tug of war that's happening inside of you, that you are the, actually the one that decides uh, who will win and who will dominate on the inside of you? You decide. What I mean by that is this, is God doesn't decide. The devil doesn't decide. Your spouse doesn't decide. What's happening on Fox News and CNN doesn't decide. Am I making sense? Listen, it's you alone. You decide if your flesh wins or if your spirit wins. So if I can kind of give you an extra thought here, uh, maybe we should stop blaming everyone else for our actions and for where we are at in life. Because you and I are the ones that really decide. Let me prove it to you. Let me show you that's your decision. Galatians 6, 7, and 9. It says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. He will not allow himself to be ridiculed, nor treated with contempt, nor allow his precepts to be scornfully set aside. In other words, what he said, he's not going to go away from it. That's what it's saying. For whatever a man sows, this and this only is what he will reap. This and this only is what he will reap. For the one who sows to his flesh, his sinful capacity, his worldliness, his disgraceful impulses will reap from the flesh ruin and destruction. Anybody in here want ruin and destruction? Yeah, me either. It says, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us not grow weary of becoming discouraged and doing good, for at a proper time we will reap. I'm going to add, because other translations say, a harvest if we do not give in. So let me see if I can put this another way. Y'all just work with me here. 
let's say that I decide to plant a garden in the spring, okay? And so what I do is I go in the backyard and I clear out an acre of our land and I say, you know what, I'm going to put my garden right here. I'm going to move all the rocks. I'm going to pull up all the roots and I'm going to till up the dirt. Then I decide to go out there and I take a bunch of turnip seeds, a bunch of corn seeds, and a bunch of green bean seeds and I plant them all around. Make my rose, man, it's all pretty looking good. But then I come into the house and I loudly announce to my wife and my kids, I say, hey guys, in a short period of time, man, we're going to uh, have an incredible harvest. In fact, you should expect a delicious harvest of strawberries, cantaloupe, and watermelons. Like, how disappointed do you think the family's going to be when they think they're getting strawberries and not bringing some turnips? Right? It's like, man, you know, and they don't get what they expect, man. It's like, uh, it's not the fruit they were hoping for. Right? Uh, but listen, but did I not get what I planted? Yes. yes. I got a bunch of corn and I got a bunch of green beans. I love green beans, by the way. And, and, I, and turnips. And so here's kind of the point. Likewise, I've met so many Christians who sow or they plant seeds constantly to the things of their flesh. But after a period of time, they just cannot figure out why they aren't reaping the benefits of the Spirit in their life. Listen, I, I want you to know that, listen, those type of people, man, that, that literally, if you're the type of person that you constantly, constantly are reaping one thing and expect you're going to get another one, man, you have as good a chance of going outside in February and planting apples in a snowstorm expecting oranges in a year. It's impossible. And the reason it's impossible is because it goes against the principles and spiritual laws of God. Remember what Paul said, God will not be mocked. So listen, if I want to, if I want to be so aware of the presence, I want to hear God's voice, then I'm going to probably create an atmosphere where there's worship music around me. Right? And I can't get upset. Watch this. That, that I can't blame people. I'm sorry, this just things come to my mind. If I listen to Led Zeppelin all week, right? And then I, then I come to church and I, God, where are you at? Where's your presence? Why well, just sowed a whole bunch of seeds? Yeah. Right? So watch this. I can't go watch a bunch of garbage and then come to uh, whatever, come to work, and then somebody says something, and then I respond in an unhealthy way. Well, well look what I've been watching. Yeah. Right? So, so there's this thing, man, the eye gates, man, to the soul. Right? Am I making sense, y'all? So, so listen, how many of you guys, just, fat, just wave your hand up if you go late. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, watch this. I just think this is even though we know that's true, please tell me why we keep acting like it's going to be different next time. R right? Like, like why do we think somehow God's going to change his laws for us? They're established. It's just like the law of gravity. It's established, right? And so, listen, but on the other side, guess what? The law is established just as well, that if we would just continue to sow and plant into the Spirit, guess what? We can be confident we'll joy and we'll reap a harvest of the goodness of God in our lives. Yes. It goes the same way, right? But we just got to, don't, don't grow weary, right? Don't, let me say it in another way. Don't be like this. Well, I, well, you know, last week I, I prayed and, and I read my Bible and, and this week, man, I'm just not seeing anything happen. It's a seed. Let it grow. Keep watering it. Keep it. And guess what? In due time, it will begin to produce a harvest. Amen. So this may be a no-brainer, but how do we know if we're reaping of the flesh or reaping of the Spirit? Kind of a dumb question, but i got to show you the word. Let's do things Paul said are of the flesh. Galatians 5, verse 19 and 21. He said, the cravings or the desires of the self-life or the flesh are obvious. Very true. Sexual immorality... Lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, 
That includes your spouse and your children. Hatred of those who get in your way. Senseless arguments. We're all guilty. Resentment with others when others are favored. Temper tantrums, even at 50 years old. Angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself. Being in love with your own opinions. What a great time of the year to say that one. Verse 21, being envious of the blessing of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behaviors. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God? But listen to what he said is of the spirit, right? Because the war is between the flesh and it's between the spirit. He says, uh, next verse, In verse 22, he says, But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love and all its varied expressions. Listen, I love the way this translation says it. Joy that overflows. Peace that subdues. Patience that endures. Kindness in action. A life full of virtue, that's goodness. Faith that prevails. Gentleness of heart. And strength of the spirit as self-control. Y'all with me? Yes, All right, so let me ask you a personal question this morning. Uh, which list keeps popping up more in your life? For asking, man, am I reaping of the flesh, am I reaping of the spirit? Those are the fruits. Those are the evidences. So which ones keep popping up more in my life? And I just think this, if you can, if you can actually stop and, first of all, think about your relationships for a moment. That's what really reveals. In other words, if I just look, let's say I, I move verse 19 and 21 out of the way. If I just look at 22 and 23, man, am I producing rotten fruit or good fruit? Like, right? Am I eating an apple with worms in it or am I eating a good orange? Right? And if I can just say this, man, think about for a second when no one's watching, think about what's going on in your heart. Man, is the list once again from flesh or is it from spirit? Now, let me ask you a question today. Are you all okay? That wasn't my question, but good deal. Is what harvest do you want to eat from this day forward? Like, what harvest do you want? Because once again, you decide, right? And I believe if we say the Spirit, I want you to know today that it's possible. That's why I say don't hang on what Paul said, because I actually don't, uh, you know, I know there's biblical arguments on this, but I actually don't think Paul was talking about himself. I think he was talking about the unregenerated man. So, so let's stop using the excuse of, well, Paul said, and it's Paul, and man, if he couldn't do what he wanted to do, man, stop. Stop, please. Listen, at the end of the day, listen, if, if you say that you want the Spirit, I want you to know that it's possible because God never dangles a carrot in front of our face and then move it every time we try to go grab it. There's no moving target in the kingdom. Okay, so listen, if that was the case, that it was a moving target, he wouldn't have said this. We're going to be done. Galatians 5, 16, 24, 25. It's the bookends of what we just read. He said this. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. That's pretty straightforward. Fast forward to all those verses we just read. Land on verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have decision, crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Then he says in verse 25, I love this verse, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. 
Listen, the truth is this. In spite of all the temptation that every one of us in this room constantly feel in our flesh, right? In spite of all the stored up garbage that's in our souls, our born again spirit actually wants to do what's right. It wants to honor God. It wants to walk in the fruit of the spirit. And I want you to know that it can and it will if we're willing to grow in the spirit. But once again, you make the choice of what will dominate, right? Will it be your flesh or will it be your spirit? Because here's the truth, and maybe we'll talk about it next week. Your soul follows whichever one you let dominate. Okay? And so, listen, I'll just say this. If you choose the spirit, God will begin to uh, undo the patterns, the habits, and the wounds of your soul. Amen? So how does that happen? We'll talk about it next week. <laughs> yes? Fair enough? Let me uh, pray for you as you stand to your feet, please. Yep, Father, thank you for today. Lord, um, I realized today was like, man, eating a plate of vegetables. Like, God, it's not fun, but, but Lord, it's needed. And so, Father, I just simply ask, God, that uh, in a really strange way, that the vitamins of your word would get down in our hearts. And, God, that it would begin to produce, God, uh, just good results. God, they begin to produce life. Father, I pray today that we would understand that we don't have to be dominated by our flesh and we don't have to let our soul control us because you put your spirit in us and you breathe your spirit in us. And God, you became one with us so we could uh, basically overcome and live above, God, every single thing that's in this world. And so, Lord, I just simply ask, just as I did last week, God, that you would, as we walk through this process, God, that you would give us revelation. God, I pray once again that as we go throughout the week, that you would speak to us loud and clear, God, and you would tell us what we need to know, that you would turn the light on so we can walk as you've called us to walk. So, Lord, I simply bless your people to be all that you've called them to be. I bless them today, God, to know you in a deep and intimate way, and I bless them to be people who are literally uh, walking in step step with the spirit in jesus name amen amen god bless y'all thank you for joining us today be sure to follow us on facebook and instagram for encouragement in your walk with god and to receive updates on events happening at the anchor have a great week and god bless